Revelation 12:11 And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Welcome to by the word of their testimony and here is your host Etienne McClintock. Dear listener, greetings and a warm welcome. Thank you for joining me on the program today. I'm delighted to have your company and my special guest in the studio is Bruce Niebatunga. Bruce, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's great. I, uh, I've met you through some of the work we've been doing to s- establish a new church plant and find people who have not heard the gospel yet and yeah. want to hear the gospel, the end time gospel for Jesus Christ. And I've been inspired by your enthusiasm and commitment to be part of <laughs> part of this uh, church plant group. Praise God. Yeah, it's uh, been a pleasure. Yeah. yeah, such a blessing being a part of the team. Wonderful. Yeah, I've been so inspired. I'm I'm one of the older guys on the team, and then we've got a lot of young guys and young ladies who are actually working on the program. We're actually going door to door. We uh, we are doing some uh, small group stuff where we're meeting on a regular mm. basis. And then on top of that, also there's anything from uh, cooking demonstrations to depression recovery programs and a number of other things that are being provided to the community to help people. Yeah, you know, meet the needs of the community. Definitely. Now your name. Bruce obviously is a name that we'll find in uh, in Australia, no problem. But yeah. near Batanga, where does that yeah. come from? Yeah, uh, well, um, my background is Burundian, and so the near Batanga is a Burundian last name or name, and uh, it means God provides. Wow, so, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So even in the Bible, you know, typically names have meaning and significance. They yeah. either uh, present a character trait or you know a certain quality. And here we also see that beautiful. Uh, meaning and significance in your surname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's it. <laughs> so you were born in Burundi? Uh, no, I was actually born in Tanzania, Africa. Oh, okay. Uh, but my parents are from Burundi. They fled from uh, Burundi to Tanzania because of the ethnic wars that were happening there. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, they were, so I was born in Tanzania, Africa in 99. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, that sort of gives you everybody can now figure out roughly how old you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're, you've done a couple of decades then, you know, you've, yeah. hit, you've, hit, you've hit 20. Okay, yeah. fantastic. And uh, the, the environment you were raised in, it, your parents, after they fled, um, were they in a, uh, in a, in a safety uh, camp or were they working there and part of the, uh, the typical Tanzanian establishment at the time? Uh, yeah, there were. Uh they were working there as well in the refugee camp in Tanzania. Okay. And uh, they were working there just to get a living. My dad was a security guard at the local hospital. Mm. And uh, my mom was just uh, tilling the land, tending to crops in the field. Right. Okay. Yeah. And was that more for your own personal um, yeah, well-being personal. or was there a little bit of sales involved as uh, well? She did both. We had a little store there in the refugee camp. And mm. uh, so that was personal uh, well-being as well as also for the store. Yeah. yeah for, 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 yeah. for income. Okay. Yeah. So you grew up in that environment. There would have been a lot of people around. Uh, yeah. But funnily enough, because I, I was only young at the time, I don't remember much about it. Okay. And I can only remember just... Something, some, some glimpses, yeah. yeah. 
Any yeah. any photo, any family photos that go back then that might remind you of what it was like? Or? Yeah, yeah, I do have um, childhood photos. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the one I have is uh, when I was two-year-old. There's some when I was even like nine months, but uh, the ones I remember of is when I was two and yeah. Right. Okay. So you can't yeah. remember if it was good, bad, tough, or otherwise, except no. for family stories. Yeah. No. Yeah. I can't mm. remember that much. You know. Okay. So that's your guys are in Tanzania. Yep. And then what happens is what happened because if you're only young when you were at the camp and then you left, where did you go? Uh, so we actually came to Australia in 2005, and okay. uh, so we actually lived in Adelaide for five years, and then after that and. Just the end of 2010, we moved up to Queensland, and that's where we are today. Queensland. Okay, yeah. so that's probably a, a much more conducive climate if you come from Tanzania. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. wow. So your parents were able to come across as refugees, or how, how did they come across it? They yeah, they came as a refugee, uh, immigrant, and uh, we it was through the UNHCR program. Okay. And uh, we were able to get a visa to come to Australia. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Now, as far as so, you were around six years old when you when you came to Australia. Uh, five years old. Five just years about old. to okay. turn six. Right. Yeah. Now, as far as the influences in your life growing up, uh, what were the influences like? Uh, growing up, um, see, I was born in a Christian home, mm. uh, Pentecostal home, and uh, influences uh, were kind of like just because we are such a family orientated. Uh, culture, I guess. Uh, mm. You being South African, I think you'd know this. I know a little bit about yeah. that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, we're family-orientated, and because my my family was a uh, Pentecostal family, uh, the influences were about scriptures and uh, trying to maintain a Christian lifestyle. Mm. So in that sense, it was a good one. But then again, when I started school and started getting influenced by my f- friends, it wasn't now. Uh, the best experiences. I started kind of compromising my Christian faith and virtues. Okay, so the school yeah. you attended was that uh, just a normal government school? Or yeah. Was it, okay, so yeah. it was a secular school basically. Yeah. Right, okay. And uh, then you start being uh, exposed to things you weren't being exposed to previously in, in a uh, environment where your family always uh, would have controlled what came in and went out. Yeah. And uh, you would have had wholesome influences there. Mm. So how did that impact your life now, being exposed to how the other half live, so to yeah. speak? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I probably, thinking about it, uh, it was probably around grade six when I moved to uh, Queensland. Mm. And uh, this was when my friends started uh, influencing me a bit more than... Okay, than when uh, you were younger. Yeah, than I was younger. And mm. um, I remember actually one of my friends, the first thing that he told me after we became good friends, that he's like, Bruce, you know what? The first thing I'm going to do to you or to change you is I'm going to get to get you swearing. That's the very... <laughs> really? <laughs> That's the very okay, so first thing. so you were thing. known for having a yeah. pure language. You don't, yeah. you don't curse or swear? Yeah. So that's the first thing that um, this. So this guy was on a mission. Yeah, he was on a mission. Oh, okay. He was on a mission, and uh, and this was one of your best friends. Yeah, and he was one of my best friends, and uh, he got me into swearing, and uh, later on he got me into all these things like uh, girls and whatnot, have you, and yeah. That was yes. very different. Yeah, very different. Yeah, but yeah. unfortunately, we're all born with a fallen humanity, mm. and uh, it tends to gravitate to that uh, probably far readily than it does to spiritual things, yeah. unless there's a spiritual influence there. Definitely, yeah. So when God's Holy Spirit is continuously working to counteract all the uh, in- inherited mm. tendencies we have, and then yeah. of course, on top of that, you throw the cultivated tendencies. It's an upward battle. Yeah. 
But we praise God that we're sin abound and grace does much more abound. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Okay, so you're, um, this started around grade six. So what are you, about 12, 11, 12? Uh, yeah, around 12 years old. Yeah. 12, 12 okay. 12 years old, yeah. Okay, so uh, if they're successful in some ways. Uh, is there still a spiritual component to your life at this time? Uh, this time, yes and no. Okay. So I still prayed and whatnot when I remembered. And mm, uh, mm. generally I would sometimes forget, you know, those uh, moments as like you're really tired, you go to, you're going to sleep and... I'm on the bed and I'm telling myself I need to pray and then just sleep gets me and I'm dead. Right. Asleep. Or you just try and have a little prayer while you're yeah. on the pillow and, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and then fall asleep. Yeah, okay. so at this time my prayer life or just studying the Bible in itself was not the greatest at all. Okay. Yeah. But I still counted myself to be a Christian. I still went to church on every Sunday and mm. whatnot, but And no. your parents, did they notice any change at this time or do they just um, think it's just part of, you know, growing up in Australia? Um, I don't think they noticed. I think um, they just thought it was just a little phase I was going through, okay. going through teenagehood, and you know, yes. And uh, so I was not rebellious, but also just I was a quiet kid. Oh, okay. So I was a very quiet kid, and um, my mom, when she, but when my mom told me to like do dishes, for example, I would be very annoyed, and there'll be some reluctancy to uh, obey her command in doing um, dishes and whatnot. Okay. Where in the past you would have been more. Yeah, more uh, available. Available to yeah. do it, and now it's yeah. just become more of a, a hassle yeah. <laughs> than a than a pleasure. Okay, yeah. I understand. Yeah. So she started noticing a difference in attitude. Yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah. Okay. And now, is that, is that just part of growing up, or is that just because of the influences in your life at the uh, time? I think that was just because of the influences, because uh, all my siblings weren't like that, hmm. and uh, they were probably more firm in spirituality probably than I was uh, okay. at the time. So how and many how many children in your in your family? <laughs> back then or now? <laughs> uh, back then. Uh, back then we were, uh, the fourth was probably on the way, so we were, I was one of four. One of four. So yeah. are you somewhere in the middle? Or no, you're... I'm, I'm the first. You're the oldest. Yeah, I'm the oldest, yeah. Right, okay. So you're, <laughs> um, you're sort of leading by example in yeah. many respects, and then there's some influences there that are sort of detracting. Yeah. So your younger siblings are more conducive to helping. Yeah. And you're becoming a little bit less conducive yeah. to helping because it's, uh, it's interfering with what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I understand. Yeah. Okay, and your parents thought it might just be a phase. Mm. But, you know, some people feel that when you get older and people get into teenage years that uh, all teenagers just go through a phase. But yeah. what you said to me before mm. is it was the influences in your life that weren't so good yeah. that created that phase. Yeah. That uh, we don't necessarily have to have a bad phase. No, do we? we don't. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and I believe, uh, especially as Christian uh, Bible believing Christians, uh, I think when we look at Scripture, we teenagers don't need to go through that phase. Right. And uh, as long as parents, one and the child themselves, are wholly consecrated unto Scripture and to actually maintain a a lifestyle that is according to Scripture, we don't need to go through that phase at sure. all. Sure. Yeah. yeah, the Bible strongly encourages that family unity where the family are always together, they worshiping together, you know, yeah. they're working together. Definitely. And that the biggest influence is actually through the family yep. and through Scripture. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's showing the people the, the beauty of the law of God, which is the, the moral principles that actually is there for our protection and, and our happiness. Yeah. And a lot of people actually misunderstand those mm. principles and mm. then they talk about them as arbitrary. Yeah. But received through Christ and through the Holy Spirit, there are actually ten promises. Mm. 
of a, of a wholesome living. Amen. Okay, so that's that's interesting that you raise that. So uh, obviously, subsequent to the four children, mm. uh, there's a few more children now. Yeah. So uh, right now, I'm uh, one of seven. Wow, so being the that's eldest. a good that's a good biblical number. Yeah, yeah, that's what I tell my parents. That. <laughs> <laughs> no more. Seven is a number of completion. Yeah, and yeah, so the youngest is one and a half mm. um, years, and uh, yeah, so there's a great range, one to sure. nineteen years. So eighteen years different from youngest to eldest. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. It was fantastic to be part of a, of a good sized family. Yeah. yeah. My my family on my dad's side there were eight children. My mum's side there were six children, and they stopped okay. at two. I was the oldest, and then oh, I've got wow. a younger sister. Yeah. Uh, always wanted to have a big family, but mm. uh, yeah, we didn't get there. And then, of course, my wife and myself been married many years, but we've got no children. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, it's uh, it's fizzed with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do admire these stories of seven children. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So you're um. You're a, a, a secular Christian. Can I call you that? Because you, you know, at, at the time yeah, we're talking yeah, about, definitely. so you've got these influences. Yeah. Um, get, take us further with the story. What happens uh, through through that part of your life? Um, well, I think um, it got worse and worse in the sense that I was never rebellious at home or did any crazy things, as in like go away from home or anything like that. Mm. I was very. Uh, there was sort of an element of respect. Yeah, yeah, there was yes. sort of an element of respect, and I praise God for that because I, I know for a fact that if God would have allowed me or just allowed me to go further than I did, I don't think I'll be a Christian at all. Hmm. And um, I remember I got uh, highly into sport and okay. um, a lot of rugby and a lot of— um, As in rugby union? Uh, rugby league. Rugby league, yeah. okay. And uh, I got into basketball as well. Hmm. And— uh, I had a scholarship to go to high schools and um, schools uh, for these sports, but I kept seeing God closing the doors. And really? The first time I had a scholarship to go to a certain high school, it was in Ipswich called Ipswich Boys Grammar. Mm. And it was considered one of the best schools in Queensland at the time. And um, But in that very year, the year that I would have transitioned to high school with the scholarship, my dad is like, oh, I'm sorry, but we got to move to Logan. And so we oh. moved from Ipswich to Logan, and that just nullified the scholarship. To mm. So I couldn't go to the high school. And I just kept seeing God doing that all my life. And uh, now that I reflect back on it, that's when I realized that it was God. And But at the time, I didn't realize it was God Okay, so were you disappointed when some of these yeah, things? Yeah, definitely, okay. definitely. I was very mm. disappointed. And uh, I love my sport. Sure. Now and so I thought my dad was uh, being a hindrance to that. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. But you're saying in looking back now, it's on God's providence yeah, that definitely. He led the way He did. Definitely. Yeah. Mm. So the outcome has actually been better in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Okay. Amen. Mm. Mm. So uh, you guys then moved to uh, Logan. Yep. Um, you have to develop new friends and friendships. Yeah. So uh, I went uh, to Logan. Went to a school called Maple Park. State uh, state school, so I would have been in grade seven at this time, so not okay. in high school just yet. But um, yeah, uh, this was probably around when I was trying to change, and I remember this change was, for the better. Yeah, change for the better. Okay, become, change back. Yeah, becoming <laughs> a, an actual Christian, and um, yeah. and so we we're still Pentecostal at this time. And uh, however, I was reading my Bible, and I was going to church, and I was hearing sermons about uh, young people being used by God, and I was really convicted about it. Mm. And I remember as a child, I would always, whenever I remember to pray, like I would pray, Lord, change me that I might change others. And wow, that was a prayer that I prayer. always prayed when I was a kid. And uh, 
And God has been faithful, and I believe that He did change me. Mm. And uh, yeah. And were you able to make uh, good Christian friends at your church? You know, you, you attending. Oh uh, yeah, no. yeah. Uh, I was attending my. I was actually attending two churches, and at this time, the reason Brian, why you searching, searching <laughs> for a double blessing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That was actually my mentality. So yeah. I remember I'd go to my my family's church. So in the morning, I think they started around nine o'clock in the morning, mm. finished around twelve o'clock, and um, and then I would actually run from our church to my auntie's church which started around one o'clock oh and uh so i would run in and in my mind i i thought i need to show god that i i want to change and i want to be used by him right and so this was kind of my mentality so i would go to different churches like uh as many places as possible and you, you enjoyed going yeah to church. I, I enjoyed it and loved it and um yeah and ever since after that i wanted um to share Christ, mm. and at school they started to see a difference, especially my friends. And uh, I started preaching at school, and my friends. How uh, old are you now when you start preaching at school? Probably thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. Wow. I was uh, just when I was transitioning into high school, mm. and uh, so from that time on, I stopped swearing. Like uh, God really helped me to stop swearing, mm. and uh, I started preaching to sharing Christ and what uh, God has done in my life with my friends because they knew where I was at. They knew exactly how I was and uh, the life that I was living. And uh, they okay. were so amazed at as how I was able to change in that sense, mm. like go from a worldly person into a God-fearing person, I guess, a, a Christian person. And, uh, yeah, it was such a blessing. But uh, as you do, uh, when you become a bit more spiritual and your friends are still uh, in that worldly mindset, Said, yes. you, you lose so you, a lot of friends. Okay, I was going to ask you, you've yeah. lost a few friends. Yeah. And through the process, did you make some new friends? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. And uh, it was such a blessing because when you gain friends that are that spiritual-minded mm. and that are individuals that actually are mission-minded as well, it also builds your character and you want to beyond that level that they are on as well. Yes, yes, yeah. certainly. So what was it? What was it that made you change? Was it an event? Was it the influence of someone? Was it just the scriptures? Was it the family uh, unit? What was it that caused you to say, look, what the world is offering me is not what I want. Mm. I think God has got something better in mind for me. Mm. Can you sort of put that into words? So like me personally, how I changed? Um, yeah, yeah. What, what caused that? What, what motivated you to change? Can you... Mm. Can you explain that a little bit? Or was yeah. it just the Lord speaking to your heart? Or was it as simple as that? I think, um, to be honest, I don't I don't remember any sudden thing of like, oh, like the world is not giving me what, what I want, yeah. really. Okay, so it wasn't a, an epiphany moment. No. It was something was a gradual process yeah. within your mind and your heart. I think um, because even when I was in the world, I still had this little voice or mindset that you need to change. Like you, So the Spirit of God was yeah. always talking to you. Yeah, it's okay. uh, very interesting because... Even when I was still in the world, I still remembered how to pray, like sometimes anyways. And mm-hmm. uh, and I would always uh, tell, say, Lord, like change me that I might change others, like I said. And uh, this was still when I was in the world. So, But I think the more I went to church and uh, I was listening to the sermons that uh, were actually being preached, the more I was being felt and felt convicted in changing. Mm. And I uh, met a friend of mine uh, called Jeffrey. And... Uh, this so we were around I was around thirteen, it was probably around eleven years old or so. And um during this time there was a sermon being preached by the pastor there and uh 
he was preaching on uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Right. And uh, and he was saying how there were young men in Babylon, mm. and there were different men, and they were showing God's truth in the midst of a pagan country. Yes. And as I'm hearing this, I'm actually at the back playing on a Nintendo DS to those who, who knows. You're in the back of the church playing yeah. a Nintendo? <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm at the back playing on the Nintendo DS with my friend Jeffrey, and uh, I'm hearing this sermon, and I'm feeling very convicted. Of, like on what the pastor is preaching, and at the end, so you were multitasking. Yeah. You were listening and playing at the time. Yeah. But there's enough of the sermon coming through that you are under conviction. Yeah, yeah. Praise and uh, at the end of um, the sermon, there was an appeal, and I told Jeffrey, like, "Oh, Jeff, let's go up. Uh, let, let's go up." And uh, he's like, "Okay, why not?" And so we went up for prayer, and so I think that's what gave. Uh, just made a ripple effect in my life, and uh, it just kept on going. Just that desire and hunger. You were inspired by the story yeah. of young men, yeah, Daniel, Shadrach, yeah. Meshach, and Abednego, and yeah. their devotion to God in a difficult environment, a pagan yeah. environment. Yeah. Wow, praise God. So that's the power of testimony. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Okay, so you're age of 13, and that's the catalyst that starts transforming and changing your life. That's one yep. of the things that stands out, yep. right, that sermon in particular. Mm. Okay, so you're preaching at school yep. at times. Yeah. How's that received? Um, well, it kept going and going. And mm. um, as I went into, so I started preaching when I was like in grade eight. So when I first started in high school. Mm. And uh, probably the the highest amount of preaching that I've done in one year is probably in grade 10 and 11, I think. And okay. uh, during this time, I would hold Bible studies. And like at lunchtime, a second break, I had... Uh, this was when I was transitioning to become a Seventh Day Adventist, and uh, this you were, was, okay. You were transitioning, yeah. yeah we we'll, we'll becoming Seventh Day Adventist, and I was searching up the Seventh Day Adventist truth, and I was so impressed, and I was sharing this truth with the friends. Uh, You're searching it on the online in the internet, or yeah, how so were you searching it? This time we were already, uh, we were, you know, Mark Woodman. Yes, I've heard of Mark. Yeah, he's Mark. a South African. Yeah, South guy. African yeah. guy. Yeah, he's passed away since, but yeah. yes. Mm. Yeah, so we had his uh, set of DVDs of um, prophecy. And um, these, I uh, would watch them, uh, me and my dad, every single night. And uh, they were so amazing. And I would learn and study these uh, prophecies myself and uh, try and commit them to memory and share with my friends at school. And every second lunch break, we would uh, take a Bible study class. But mm. unfortunately, as the devil does, um, I actually got um, into trouble with teachers. Oh. I, got, I got called up uh, one day to the principal's office and told him I wasn't allowed to preach. And um, I told him, uh, look, I, I understand what you're saying, but uh, I can't stop sharing Jesus. And um, I told him that, and I actually found myself preaching to the principal himself. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're right. He came to tell you to yeah. not preach, and you end up preaching to him. Yeah, yeah. So, um yeah, but um, he didn't want to uh, take it any further, so he just told me, Bruce, you got to stop. Because I wasn't a rebellious uh, student at this time, so this is when God actually fully co- converted me. Yes. And uh, so I wasn't a rebellious student or anything like that. So they were very surprised as to why I was actually denying to say, oh, I can't share Jesus or anything like that. And uh, so... And as I do, like, I, I would actually pack uh, little Bibles, the New Testament Bibles, and uh, I would actually distribute them <laughs> every lunchtime to students at school. And I would take secret Bible studies and whenever. But the problem was that I would be sharing um, a Bible study with a maybe a group of two people. 
and then all of a sudden another people like five people just come and join and sooner or later like uh the the group has already become like a group of 40 people and you're raising your voice in order to Just like to let they can hear you yeah so they can hear you so and it's no longer a secret as yeah, you no. want it to be <laughs> yeah no so oh, um, and then i'll see teachers who are on duty coming along and uh look coming to check out what's going on yeah and so i'll be like oh guys i gotta go and then i just give them the literature that i have and then just go off and yeah <laughs> the rest is history wow yeah so i was trying to go incognito <laughs> okay i understand so okay you and your dad start watching these mark woodman yeah uh, videos dvds whatever it is yeah um at this time you still pentecostals yep Mm. Uh, so, no, at this time we were transitioning um, to become Seventh-day Adventists. Now, what caused you to start looking f- somewhere else if you're, uh, yeah, you're in the church and you're you know, Pentecostal? Yeah. Can you uh, maybe t- talk us through that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, we actually, the way we became Adventists was uh, through my pastor at the time in the Pentecostal church was taking a child from choir back home. And the child asked the pastors, like, oh. Why do we worship on Sunday? Hmm. And the pastors, he does as a normal uh, Pentecostal pastor says, like, oh, we worship on Sunday because that's when we had victory over Satan. And that's when Christ rose from the dead. Hmm. And uh, this is when we worship on Sunday. Right. Now, this is why we worship on Sunday, sir. And um, yeah, but this actually caused him to actually search a bit more. In this scripture. is the person that asked the question from the pastor. No, uh, the, oh, pastor, the pastor. Yeah, it caused the pastor to actually search a bit more as to why do we actually worship on Sunday. Okay. And yeah. He, so this is your church pastor. Yeah, this is my church pastor, okay. the Pentecostal the church. Pastor, yeah. Yeah. So, um, and after a while, he actually searched for himself, and he came to understand about the Sabbath before us, but we didn't know. Mm. And uh, every Saturday, as we called it at the time, uh, we'd have prayer meetings. And uh, was this he, a new prayer meeting that the pastor had set up, or no, did you no, always have them on Saturday? We always had it on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. So we daytime uh, evening. Uh, daytime. Okay. Yeah. So around from seven seven a.m. all the way to sometimes we'll have all day prayer meetings seven a.m. to wow. all the way at night. And uh, but this day, I think it was only a half day because of uh, choir practice. Mm. And uh, so he he asked for a secret prayer request. He said, guys, um, I have a secret prayer request. And uh, if God answers, uh, I'll tell you what it is. And so we were praying for this secret prayer request saying, Lord, if I, it is in accordance to your will, answer our pastor's mm. prayer request. Mm. But we didn't know what the prayer request was. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is obviously this prayer request is part of your story and yep. how you've gone from you know being a Pentecostal Christian yeah. to becoming a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. Yep. Well, dear listener, this is all we have time for for the first half of the program. We're halfway through, and I have in the studio as my special guest sharing his testimony, Bruce Niebitanga. And we're just going to take a short break here, and when we come back, we'll hear more or hear part two of his story. Amen. Amen. <laughs> In the Geoscience Research Institute Library, we just completed this dog skull display. The little chihuahua, the rather strange English bulldog, and the huge St. Bernard skull up here at the top are so different that if dug up by paleontologists, they'd probably be considered different species. Yet we know that these skulls came from the same species, Canis lupus familiaris. If there were only one pair of dogs on Noah's Ark, we'd expect that all the amazingly different dog breeds came from that ancestral pair, and this appears to be the case. 
all domestic dogs look as if they descended from gray wolves. And this gray wolf skull shows what natural selection does, maintaining organisms in an elegant state of efficiency. But we can see from domestic breeds that selection can create incredibly different dog breeds. On this side of the display, we have skulls from different species of wild dogs and foxes. Like domestic breeds, species in the genus Canis are usually capable of interbreeding and show evidence of descent from a single kind of ancient dog. Things are not so clear with the foxes. They have a different number of chromosomes than dogs. Maybe they didn't descend from the same ancestor as domestic dogs. There are lots of theories about this, but to me the interesting thing is that the domestic breeds show more variation than wild dogs and foxes together. One thing seems fairly sure. Wolves appear to have been created with an incredible ability to vary in ways that anticipate different conditions in the wild, as well as the different requirements of humans who love dogs as I do. Dear listener, thank you for staying with us on this program. Our special guest in the studio is Bruce Nierbatanga, and he's sharing his testimony today. Now, Bruce, just before the break, you were telling us you belong to a Pentecostal church. Matter of fact, you're attending two churches. You've got the church in the morning, yep. and then midday when it finishes, you race off to your aunt's church, and you go and attend the church in the afternoon there. That's right, yeah. But you have a pastor who was asked a simple question, why do we worship on Sunday? Mm. And then he starts doing further research and investigation in regards to this. And at a Saturday prayer meeting, which was a regular prayer meeting you had every Saturday morning, yep. he then has a special prayer request. Mm. Doesn't tell you what it is. He said it's a private, personal one. And if the Lord answers, then he'll share it with you. Yep. Okay, so that's was that's where we left the story. Keep on going. All right, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we were praying for this uh, prayer request as um, just didn't think much of it to be honest with you we're just praying it for it uh, for it uh, every Sat saturday prayer meeting and whenever we remembered when we got home or anything like that but we didn't take notice or see it to be a big deal or anything like that sure because it wasn't the first time someone had a personal secret prayer request mm. so we just thought it was just uh, a prayer request like any other i guess and uh however we were praying for this prayer request for like two years, for two years before we actually came to know what the prayer request was. Two years. So yeah. he never tells you what this prayer request yeah. is. It's just a secret prayer request. Yep. And every week when you come together, that's on the agenda for prayer. Yeah. Wow. It. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we were praying for this for two years. So one day uh, there's a group of people and in the same prayer request, uh, prayer meeting, sorry, mm. in, um, on the Saturday. And my dad comes up and he says, guys, I've been researching about the Sabbath and we actually worship on the wrong day. He says that at the prayer meeting yeah, he with the pastor there. Yeah, with the pastor there. And, uh, and he says that, oh, the Sabbath is actually on Saturday and it was changed from Saturday to Sunday. Mm. And another person in the same prayer, uh, prayer meeting, someone said, oh, yeah, at uni, someone's been telling me that the Sabbath was actually changed by the Roman Catholic Church from Saturday to Sunday. Yes. And again, another person rose and said, oh, yeah, uh, well, my husband is a Seventh-day Adventist, and he's always been telling me that we worship on the wrong day. And, this uh, all comes out all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah, it comes out all of a sudden, and it's just uh, just 
amazing for me as a kid i was around maybe 13 at the time this mm. was when i was coming out of the world and also yes. hearing about this message and and so i'm i'm just like what is this thing like mm. what is this sabbath thing and um and so I didn't take much of it, but then my pastor was like, guys, I'm ready to tell you what I asked you to pray for two years ago. Wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, okay. And now what was his secret prayer request? And so he actually prayed because uh, he had already understood what or when the Sabbath was. Mm. And so his prayer was actually that God may work through other individuals to actually bring this Sabbath topic in order for the whole church to see the importance of the Sabbath. And uh, wow. his prayer was that the whole church may actually come to an understanding about the Sabbath truth. Mm. And it was April 19th, my sister's birthday. That was our very first Sabbath of 2014. Okay. Yeah. So this was our very first Sabbath. And uh, yeah, as a whole church, we became Seventh-day Adventists. The so, whole church converted to yeah. keeping the Sabbath. Yeah. So on the 27th of September, same year, 2014, we were baptized as a whole church in um, at the South Queensland Big Camp. Yeah, praise God. Amen. Yeah, that is that is momentous when the whole church yeah comes across like that. So the pastor and everybody. Yep, the pastor and everyone. I think the, there was only one family that didn't want to become Seventh Day Adventist or transition on to keeping the Sabbath. Yeah, but other than that, the whole church just took on the Sabbath message. It was amazing. So leading up to that, did you have like, uh, because obviously you had worship services on Saturday and on Sunday. Yep. Did you keep on doing that? And when did you stop the Sunday services or did you keep on using those as well? And so uh, what would happen is because uh, we started to see the importance of the Sabbath. Mm. And uh, so we said, okay, of April 19th, will be the first Sabbath and we'll stop worshiping on Sunday. Right. And Sunday was just like any other day, a work day for us. Mm. And uh, But because we always wanted also to have prayer meetings and fasting prayer days, so because it normally would have been on the Saturday, Yes. so we said, okay, we'll just make Sunday the day where we have a prayer meeting or a fasting prayer. Mm. And uh, so Sunday became the day where we have prayer meetings. Or so you just swap fasting. the days, basically. Yeah, yeah? basically. Convicted on the scriptures. And yeah. then also everybody putting in uh, how the Holy Spirit has been leading them through experience or yeah. study. Yeah. Uh, that's the seventh day Sabbath is the true day that God has set aside for worship. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I tell you, actually, there's um, there was a spiritual battle going on before even we became Adventists. Hmm. And at the time, I didn't understand it personally. Okay. And I don't know if we have time for me to share that bit sure. of the te- yeah, testimony. Sure, um, so it was probably around um, 2013. Yeah. So I was uh, still 12 years old at this time. Mm. So it was early 2013. And uh, at this time we went to, I was still, we were still Pentecostal then. Mm. And so I went to a camp meeting, a youth camp meeting um, from invited by my auntie's church. Okay. And so uh, I went with them and uh, it was called Outbreak Camp. Mm. And uh, so we went out. It was in Mount Tambourine in Queensland, if anyone okay. knows where that yes, is. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> so we went there, and it was it was a beautiful place, uh, beautiful scenery and whatnot. Didn't think much of it. And uh, there was uh, hall rooms and where we'd meet up for prayer and uh, for sermons and whatnot. And uh I didn't think much of it. I was actually really excited being a kid, and mm. this was the time when I was coming out of the world and uh, all that. And uh, so I was like, okay, like this is amazing, and uh, it's going to be spirit-filled and all that. 
And uh, there's going to be a lot of young people, which is great. And uh, so, yeah, so we arrived there around about uh, 12, 12 in the afternoon. Mm. And uh, we had our lunch and we came together, reconvened uh, together as a group and we had prayer. And the day wasn't too long, so we just had evening prayer and worship and we went to sleep. So it was in the morning of the second day that uh, we came together as a youth youth uh, group from my auntie's church. Yes. And one of my friends, actually, uh, who, who one of my friends and a family friend came up to me and asked me, like, Bruce, can you pray for me? I'm like, oh, yeah, why not? Uh, that's all right. And so uh, as they do in Pentecostal churches, uh, they I put my hand on her forehead and, uh, and I started to pray. And I said, in the name of Jesus. And she started shaking profusely mm. and she fell down. And at this point, I didn't think much of it because you see this all the time in the Pentecostal churches, okay. people being slain in the spirit, they yeah. term it. And uh, so I didn't think much of it, but it was when I opened my eyes that I, it didn't seem right. <laughs> okay, so, so something was different. Than yeah, I'm something not, yeah. was different. And uh, I opened my eyes and her eyes were actually rolled backward and uh, she was shaking beyond comprehension and uh, she actually got up and her voice was really deep. Like she it went from a girl's voice into a really deep man's voice. And uh, wow. and I was like, this is not normal. And mm. uh, this can't be the spirit of God. And uh, she actually said, Bruce, I want to kill you. Like, I want to kill Definitely you. Definitely not the spirit of God, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Bruce, I want to kill you and take you to hell. And being 12 years old, I'm like, no, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I couldn't even say anything. Mm. And um and it said that oh, I want to take, I want to kill you and take you to hell because God wants to change you. And I didn't understand this at the time, and yeah. uh, so I'm like, no, no, in the name of Jesus. And she's actually coming forward, and I say in the name of Jesus, and she falls down again. Anyways, uh, the another group of youth uh, and my aunties come along and help me out. And it wasn't an hour la- until an hour later that the demon actually left her. And, wow. Uh, so, but when he left, he actually said, I'll be back. Wow. So that was kind okay. of scary for me. And mm. I, that was the very first time I've, I had seen a demon possession or some some spiritual manifestation like that. Right. And uh, so. You've seen spiritual manifestations before. Yeah, in yeah. The, in a Pentecostal church, yeah. but not a demonic one no, to not that a extent like that. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. So I was really scared during that day like and just as you would as a 12 year old seeing that and mm. and all these things and actually one thing i forgot the demon actually said that i want to kill you your mom and your dad and your grand your grandfather and your grandmother and okay. those are the people that it named and um, the people the people that i was with asked why do you want to kill them and it said because god wants to change them and that's why I was confused. I'm like, okay, but my grandfather, he was a pastor in the church. And mm. so why do you want to kill him? He's already a spiritual person. Like yes. what? I mean, why does God want to change him? Mm. He's already a spiritual person. So I was very confused as to what this what that meant. meant. Yeah. So, so you think, look, they're already there. You're too late. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Not knowing that there's more to come. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because truth is progressive, isn't it? Yeah. We believe that. Yeah. Definitely. And yeah. uh, so and this, the relationship with the Lord is because of that. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And uh, this is when it left. And uh, I was just so scared and confused. And as I said, he said, I'll be back. 
And I'm like, oh, no, like, I hope it doesn't come back. I hope it's just It wasn't mine. a prison experience. You don't want yeah. to repeat it. Yeah, yeah no. And, uh, so, but when she, when the demon left her, my friend was just, didn't know what was going on. She was like, why are you guys standing over me? So she didn't realize what was actually happening. she wasn't conscious, really. No, yeah. Okay. So um, deep in the back of my mind, I'm just like, you nearly killed us. That's what was going on. And uh, yeah. so, but she didn't actually realize. And uh, so because of that, I didn't want to separate my, myself from her, even though I was so scared and I didn't want to be with her just mm. in case it would happen again. Yes. And uh, so I didn't want to separate myself from her because she didn't know what was going on and she was a family friend. And uh, so... During we came back, so this skipped the whole day. Nine o'clock at night, the same uh, the same day, we came together in order to pray just before we go to sleep. And I was sitting next to her and my my auntie, and uh, I started to see her handshake, and I'm like, oh no, I think this is starting this, again. Yeah. And I started to see her eyes roll back, and I. I'm like, nope, and I get up and I go the other side of the room because I was scared and I don't know what was going on. And mm. it started again, and uh, her voice changed again, and she's just started, like, screaming and saying all these things. And, yeah, and um, they actually asked what demon or what spirit is it. And uh, she, it said that it was the spirit of sexual immorality, the demi- uh, spirit of lying, the spirit of lust, and all these things. And they asked, how many are you? And uh, it said that it was over 25 le- uh, demons inside of her. Wow. And uh, so automatically from reading my scripture, like um, I remember the uh, the man with legion, called Legion. Yes, yes. And uh, because there were many, and mm. indeed there were many. And uh, so we were praying all night. And um, around 12 o'clock, three hours later from 9 o'clock to 12, we asked, like, how many are you now? And it's like, oh, we're only 12 with 12 demons and we're like and I'm just thinking like 12 like we've been praying for three hours and <laughs> like only 13 have come out and uh, so so I was just really scared at this time and actually they it didn't finish until 6.30 in the morning wow 6.30 in the morning so this lady morning. is about the same age as you this young yeah, lady yeah same she's actually older than me by a couple years okay yeah but we're kind of the same age yeah mm-hmm yeah, so it was a scary experience. And yeah, it wasn't it wasn't until we became Adventists that I actually understood why it wanted to kill me and my mom, my dad, and my grandparents, because the very people that it named were the very people that became Adventists. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that is so, powerful. Because the demon actually didn't name my aunties. Mm. It didn't name my, uh, or anyone like, uh, so my aunties, my cousins, or anything like that. It mm. just named my mom, my dad, and my grandfather and my grandmother. And these were the very people that became Adventists. Not to say that they, my aunties won't become Adventists. I'm praying for them, sure. for them to become Adventists. But I started to see that there is a spiritual warfare in the mm. Seventh-day Adventist truth. And we're being given a special message. And um, yes. for Adventists listening right now, uh, this message is a powerful message, and le- Satan doesn't like that message. Mm. And But it's sad sometimes we just take it for granted, the truth. We've become we so familiar with it. Yeah, yeah. That, that is so true. Mm. I was at a prayer conference. I think you were at the prayer conference yeah. as well. And a young man got up the front there and said, listen, when you listen to the messages, even if you've heard it before, Mm. Listen to it as if you're hearing it for the first time. Yeah. I thought, well, that's a strange request to do. I said, but I don't even know if I can do that. I'll try. Yeah. 
And as I'm listening to the messages, I'm going, wow, this is profound. I've heard some of this before, but I'm actually listening to it with new ears and new eyes. Yeah. And what God has given God, his church, his last day church, mm. is remarkable. Yeah. It is a very powerful message. And we need to be revived into regards to the incredible gift that God has given Definitely. us mm. that we need to share with other people. Amen. Mm. Yeah. It's all to do with what's lying ahead. Mm. There's a crisis coming on the world. And the only way that anyone will be survived is if they are hidden in the pavilion of God in the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. And we need to be sealed mm. so that we can go through that time because the destroying angel is coming. Just like when people left Egypt, Israel left Egypt, yeah. there was a destroying angel that killed all the firstborn. The only ones that weren't destroyed are those who were covered under the blood of the lamb mm. on the doorpost. Those yeah. firstborns were passed over. That's where the word Passover comes from. Yeah. And such in, in the same way, God will pass over those who have been sealed by him, mm. who live up to the truth and a knowledge of a relationship with Christ that many do not yet possess. Yes. And we read about this in Revelation chapter 7, where the angels are to let loose the winds of strife that are going to blow on the earth. Mm. And then another angel ascends from the east, ascends yes. from the east, and it says, do not let loose the winds until all God's servants are sealed. So there are servants that are not sealed yet. Yes. And God has given a sealing message to his people, the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and Satan wants everybody to be destroyed. So if he can keep people from receiving that message and mm. hearing it and being sealed intellectually and spiritually mm. into the truth of Christ so they cannot be moved, then he knows that he can have them on their side. He wants to destroy. And you saying that this demon-possessed lady was saying that he, she was going to kill you guys. Yeah. Yeah, And then Jesus made that statement in John chapter 8 verse 44 He said you are your father the devil And the desires of your father you want to do He was a murderer from the beginning mm. The fact that she wanted to kill you guys Just demonstrated what the spirit was Definitely. Yeah. So I hope this poor lady This young lady uh, stayed delivered yeah, yeah, Stayed she free did. from it Praise, yeah. praise God mm. Mm. Well that's very powerful Bruce Amen Yeah So uh, this is as you are becoming Seventh-day Adventist Christians now Yep Yeah That this happened to you Yeah and you didn't understand what was meant by those statements. Uh, you, God is looking to change you. Yeah, no, I didn't understand what those statements were, and uh, I just thought it was like me personally that God wanted to change me. And uh, because remember, my prayer was like, God change me that I might change, change others. Others, yes. And so I thought it was this sense that uh, oh, God wants to change me so that I may change others, and Satan is not happy with that. Right, and uh, so I didn't really comprehend or understand. You didn't know how what, far God was taking yeah, this changing exactly. component. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Praise yeah. the Lord. Mm. So, okay, you're uh, y the church becomes you are all baptized. Yep, and uh, you start up a new congregation, yeah. or do you join an existing congregation? Uh, so, because uh, we our the language. Uh, barrier. Mm. We started a new church in the Seventh-day Adventist Wait, what Church. What do you speak in your church? Kirundi. Kirundi. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's what we speak. And uh, it became easier for us and for church members that didn't understand the language. Mm. And yeah, it was such a blessing. Wonderful. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And you're still at school at the time? Uh, yes, I was still at school at the time, yeah. And uh, still sharing the gospel with the yeah, people? Yeah, definitely. definitely. And does your gospel take on a slightly different component now, aspect in regards yeah. to the, the truths you're sharing? Yeah, definitely, yeah, because I now I'm starting to share the prophecies, prophecies we, uh, with students there who were, I was studying with Mormon, I was, the school that we were going to were, was a very highly Mormon school, mm. like a lot of Samoan. Uh, okay. Students that were Mormon and other uh, Sunday-keeping churches. 
So it's a, it's a government school, but there's yeah, a lot of Christians a, in the school. Yeah, it was a government school, but there was a lot of Christians there. Hmm. And uh, so I was able to share the truths in which I was learning in the Adventist uh, church with these individuals. And just it was such a blessing being able to know the answers uh, of like the prophecies of Revelation and Daniel, because when I was in Sunday, we read the book of Revelation and um, the, the book of Daniel, and we take it literal. So when we read of Revelation 13 of a beast that's rising out of the sea, we take that literal. Okay. And I remember being very afraid of reading even the book of Revelation and being afraid of the end times because mm. of what Revelation tells us about a beast coming onto the earth. And I was always told that um, this represented a beast that would come up and it would ask you in the end times that if you believe in Jesus and if you say yes, it would chop off your finger or whatever. Okay, and, right. Uh, okay. And Very little interpretation. <laughs> yeah, and um, the more you kept saying yes, it would just keep chopping until it, your whole body is gone. And mm. um, but if you say that you don't believe in Jesus once, it would, it's able to recreate your body again, and then you have the mark of the beast, apparently. Wow, okay, quite a different interpretation. <laughs> yeah. we, we believe, obviously, that Scripture interprets yeah. Scripture, and yeah. da- Daniel chapter 7 tells us that uh, beasts uh, represent kingdoms. Kingdoms, it? yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, wow. And then, of course, uh, Revelation chapter 1 tells us that everything that was sent through from the Father to Jesus, yeah. which he gave to his uh, servant John, mm. was signified. Symbols. Yeah. Symbols, yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. Okay, so you've obviously learned a lot, and obviously yeah. you, you, when the opportunity arises, you still share that with people. Yeah, definitely. You're no longer in high school. I think you're a little bit older than that now. So. No, yeah. So <laughs> I finished uh, school two years ago. Okay. Finished in 2017. So what have you been doing subsequent to that? Oh, okay, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I had a scholarship actually to go to university. Oh. And um, I was uh, to anyone that knows the, uh, the University of Queensland. That mm. was the uh, uni that I had a scholarship for. And I was actually studying engineering last year. Good. And um, so I was studying a Bachelor of Engineering with honors. And um, yeah, so, but I always had the ba- in the back of my mind that I wanted to do God's work full time. Mm. And while I was in high school, especially grade 12, I, I read this quotation in um, Testimonies for the Church, volume 7, page 62, yes. where it says that the time has come when all church members are to take up the medical missionary work. And mm. so my mind was like, Lord, I want to do medical missionary. and um, But I just didn't know how to do it or where to get the money from in order to study medical missionary. But I always wanted to do that work. And uh, at this time, I was also canvassing. I got into the canvassing work and uh, through Jumpstart. Anyone who knows Andrew Kachansky? Yes. Yeah, so I was... His brother Paul Kachansky used yeah, to yeah. run the radio pro- radio <laughs> yeah. station here, yes. <laughs> yeah, so I was uh, canvassing with them, and so I'm Canvassing like, is going door-to-door selling books. Yeah, door-to-door, yes. cool porter work, yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I was very convicted and like, okay, you know what, I, don't, I really don't want to do university, but they were paying me in order to study. So I wasn't actually playing anything. They were paying me in order to study whatever I wanted to do, and at the time it was engineering. Mm. And when I told my parents my ideas of stopping to study, they weren't too too happy about it, but sure. they weren't negative either because they always were very supportive in doing God's work. Mm. They were just weren't sure if this was the right way to go. My grandparents, on the other hand, wanted me to study. And I I didn't blame them for that because coming from a poor stricken family, you know, and coming from Africa, you have an opportunity to make a name for yourself and uh, be educated. So it's, I guess it's the 
the right thing to do and to, to study, I guess. Mm. And so they wanted me to study. And um, and so I kind of took that on board and um, did study for a year. I was in university studying, but that was really pushing into my devotional time and my prayer life. I was coming home from from uni just studying from, like, I'd catch a train at 1 in the morning, and I would get wow. home, like, around 3 in, three in the morning and uh, and then get up at two at 5 o'clock. Five o'clock in the morning, and then by seven o'clock, go back to uni and repeat again. And so That's it was full on. Wow. It was very hard for me to have a proper prayer life mm. and Bible studies uh, that I normally used You're to. You're hardly do. getting enough sleep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, no, Lord, I I just want to do your work full time. So I stopped university and I was uh, canvassing uh, full time. And I met the Eastward guys, uh, Eastward Missions, hmm. uh, which we're doing a church plant with. Yes. And, um, yeah, they they invited me to a canvassing outreach that was happening in Melbourne. Hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll come down. And uh, it was during December that I went down. I went down, was canvassing, and I, I was only meant to be there for just a week and then go back home. But um, I was speaking to a brother called Tim. Mm. And uh, he invited me like, oh, Bruce, uh, we're doing a outreach in Phillip Island. Did you want to come? I'm like, oh, I've already booked a two-way flight. So, like, I don't know if I want to cancel that flight. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll do it. I'll cancel it. And went to Phillip Island, canvassed there for uh, two weeks, I think it was. And then they invited me also to a church plant, which we, uh, you know, as you're a part of. And yes. uh, down yeah. at Lizaro. And I'm like, oh. God is opening doors, so I'm like, oh, okay, why not? Hmm. And so I uh, came down, and uh, so from just one week meant to be in Melbourne, I <laughs> I was actually down south for a good three months. Wow! And uh, so, and my dad at this time was uh, back in Africa. Hmm. Uh, he went in Africa in uh, October. And so when I came down, I hadn't seen him, and he came back in January. So I hadn't seen my dad for nearly three, uh, six months yes. at the time. And uh, so I went back home in order to say hi and uh, tell them what's going on and then just came back again. Mm. And, yeah, so God's really been blessing. So just to answer your question in short, okay. I've been Bible working and canvassing full time. Praise yeah. the Lord. Yeah, and uh, we know you've made some many wonderful contacts already, mm. and some people are already doing Bible studies with, yeah. although we only started a matter of months ago. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So praise God for that, and I, I've really enjoyed you sharing your testimony, how the Lord Amen. has led you. But it just shows the importance of family influences. Mm. You know, from a young age, your family were Christians. They were spiritual Pentecostal Christians. Yep. And Bible reading and Bible study and prayer meeting was part of how you were brought up. Yes. Then there were some secular influences for a while. And it's interesting, even for children who are raised in a good Christian family, how easy we can get distracted because our yeah. hu- natural human tendencies are to run down those channels. Yeah, you know, because we are egocentric, and it's all about self-indulgence in, in many yeah. aspects. You know, and self-expression. Yep. But the Lord somehow was able to bring you back. Mm. And we praise God for your encouraging testimony. Dear listener, we are just going to take a break here. My special guest is Bruce Nierbetunga. We'll just take a short break, share our contact details, and we'll be right back after this. Stay tuned. Thank you for joining us on By the Word of Their Testimony. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249 Five, six. Or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. 
You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Dear listener, just as we wrap up this program, my special guest in the studio is Bruce Nierbitangi. He's been sharing his testimony. And Bruce, just in the last couple of minutes we have, uh, can you just uh, maybe share some words of encouragement and hope for those who are listening today? Yeah, uh, I especially want to talk to the young people. Mm. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 127 verse 4, saying, as an arrow is in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. And so... The Bible shows us that young people or the youth are a weapon in God's hand. And uh, and the devil knows this. And a lot of the times we see that a lot of things that come in from the world are to distract young people. Yes. Because uh, God and the devil knows that if they have young people, well, they have the whole world. Mm. And so I encourage young people to really have a personal experience with Christ yes. and uh, just really seek because Christ is there knocking at the doors, mm. as Revelation 3, verse 20 tells us. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, and the Bible tells us, taste and see that the Lord is good. You Amen. Know? Um, don't uh, listen to the propaganda of the enemy, because yep. what happens is God is the most repre- misrepresented person mm. being on this planet. Definitely. And Satan has used all his propaganda to misrepresent him through lies and deceit. Yeah. And by tasting, you will actually come to taste the truth, mm. which is Jesus Christ. Amen. The way, the truth. And the life Amen So Bruce thank you so much For sharing your testimony Thank you for the encouragement You are to old and young Thank you I've uh, heard you uh, uh, pray I haven't heard you preach yet But I look forward to hearing you <laughs> preach one day Amen yeah. And I can just tell by your your prayer That you had a connection with God And I could tell that the Spirit of God Is working in your life Praise So God, that's yeah. been an encouragement to me Yeah I'm just a little bit older than you, <laughs> but I know it will be an encouragement to old and young. Amen. And dear listener, we just pray that God will continue to work in your life as well, that you, he will work in your life to will and to do according to his good pleasure. Because by nature, we are egocentric. We are so contrary to God's uh, principles of love, the Ten Commandments, and also to the, to the principles that we see revealed in the life of Jesus. But by beholding Jesus, we also can become changed and we can be transformed by the re- renewing of our minds. More than that, God is also able to recreate the, uh, the, the psalmist David. King David says, create in me a clean heart, O God. So there's creation, which is instantaneous. So we pray that you would cleave to God, you would look to God, and you would taste and see how good he really is. Until next time, God bless. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.